This podcast is fueled by Fireball Whiskey. You almost sounded like that was an advert then. <laughs> I know, right? I, I, I wanted to give it some time and attention for, uh, well, may as well say it. Welcome to episode two of Real Life Rockstars. Fueled by Fireball. Oh yeah! <laughs> now we just had the most insane um, uh, like festival. First one where we've... Uh, you know, been been fueled by the fireballs, um, Fireball UK for those who are uh, interested in that one. Uh, where we ended up spending the weekend um, with uh, one of the guys that works at Fireball, yeah, Mister Mister Ross, um, and yeah, it was absolutely lovely. Um, we spent the entire weekend um, on it for uh, the podcast, as much as the show. We're like here, we're liking to do both at the moment, um, but it's it's been a nuts couple of weeks since we launched the last podcast. Yeah, the last podcast went swimmingly well, I thought. Lots of positive feedback and... Uh... Like, literally, thank you to everybody. We're blown away. We, um, It's a bit like an album. You sit on something for, you know, six months to a year. Um, you keep working on it and you, like, you spend so much time going over the same stuff that you try and just work out whether or not it's still going to go down well and from that, you know, that point where you first think of a great idea. Um, well, but, we were sat on the interview from the last episode with Burton C. Bell and Chase Lewis for about six months. Yeah, <laughs> so it, we've been pl- we've been planning it for some time. Completely, and um, but it does lead me to um, possibly the you know one of our first segments um, on this. Just want to um, bash these out um, you know, as early as possible because we've got a few shout outs based on the response. Yes, um, of us launching the podcast. Firstly, and as ever, um, for either the show or the podcast, I want to shout out Smiley Dave. Smiley Dave! And for social purposes, Smiley Dave UK. Um, Follow him, he is hilarious! And honestly, Seriously, he is. Yeah. He's funny AF, as the kids say. <laughs> but a fundamentally lovely human as well, just um, has... Has always been, you know, really encouraging uh, with everything that we do. He says the same about us, um, so we're. It's like a, a, a three-way bromance, isn't it? It really is like professional bromance as well. Because oh, he, I don't know, it gives some good snuggles. There is that, uh, that <laughs> side of things as well. But I, I could uh, rant and uh, rave, but the only reason I want to give him the first one today is because we forgot to do it on uh, the first ever episode. Um, but he was one of uh, the people that did also push us to do this as a thing. Have a shot of Fireball with Smiley Dave. Um, by the way, Fireball is very dangerous for us to be sponsored by because I do rather like the taste. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this this weekend was entertaining, uh, actually being fueled by Fireball on different levels. So that's been yeah. entertaining. Um, as always, uh, for her help in the industry and also be- partly because she kind of is this episode, is Emma Van Dyce. Yeah, she's our interview this week on the show. And we're going to go into, um, obviously, in the interview and the intro, uh, sort of plug for it that we're about to do in a few minutes' time. But yeah, if you don't know who she is, stay tuned, you will soon. Uh, But as always, a shout-out to all of her help. Um, I want to shout-out the guys at 2000 Trees, which is um, Hayley Connolly. um, Yes, and, and Matt. And Matt. Damn it! Every time with names... Um, either way, these guys... Um, <laughs> Haley and Matt. Haley and Matt over 2,000 Trees. For one, the, the wonderful hospitality um, for our first weekend at 2,000 Trees. Um, secondly, just for the love and support that we always seem to get from these guys. Yeah, it's yeah, it's good. It's honestly lovely. Um, they they work uh, some magic on some passes for us across the weekend, both for ourselves and our photographer. Um, so 
just it, it was honestly wonderful and thank you guys um, if, you, uh, if you're listening um, massive shout out to you um, look at me being all professional. I'm going to keep it to um, industry shout outs to begin with in that case um, and I'm going to shout out Hold Tight uh, PR yeah. again for their help over the weekend this is the first time that we've recorded a podcast straight off of uh, being at a festival so we're full of love for everybody uh, but also Insight uh, Insight Music Insight Music uh, it's like a, a weekly email shop blog type thing newslettery thing yeah yeah like, they, they, an old idea yeah. with a new concept yeah, and they, they bigged us up loads last week in their in their shot for the week which was quite cool true enough um, also another um, PR shout out is um, Lulu of Incendia um, PR as well uh, thank you for all of your help over the weekend with uh, trees both for our main show Mike James Rock Show and this podcast uh, Real Life Rockstars more on that coming oh yes um, random shout outs now to Acast thanks guys you did a reshare of our uh, our story that was that was lovely didn't yeah, expect well, that one considering they're one of the People that host, us. host our podcast yeah. alongside iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Check you out. With, I know, uh, right. But Acast were the ones that reposted us, so we'll mention Acast a few more times. Yeah, can't Spotify. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, that is sort of the ones that strictly have helped us or um, showed us out over the weekend. But um, like three people on their feedback really, really stood out. Uh, firstly, Mr. Rob Percy, dude. Nice one. What you wrote just. I'm not going to lie. Um, I got happy tears off of that. Um, Alex Irons. Um, Probs. Alex Irons. Just look into this dude. He is awesome. He's, he's on Talk Sport. Yeah. Talk radio. One of those. He's a, But he's on Stupid O'Clock in the morning. He is creating a union between uh, sort of metal and rock and uh, football as a general sort of a thing. I think that's what he's aiming for. Yeah. But um, the reason that we want to shout him out is one, he gave us uh, a lot of professional... Uh, feedback on our podcast and secondly um we just want to say go listen to him because he's he's one of the good guys he's a really good presenter um and just you don't realize it but like the the loveliest person um, he's up there with smiley dave as being one of the loveliest people um that walks this earth um and then finally uh greg mcgees um thank you very much for also um your lovely lovely feedback these guys like Essentially, they wrote paragraphs, which is why we're shouting them out. Yeah. Um, so if you write so if paragraphs, you, yeah, if you want to get you'll probably get a shout out because uh, that's that's all it takes with us to get a shout out, really. Yeah. Um, so I think I think that's my list of shout outs done. I had a list this time. So so yeah. Or if you want to ask us a question or anything like that, or just become part of the discussion. Like, yeah. We we are we have a a loose. Um, sort of fairly structured game plan of what we're looking to do um, but hopefully today and this episode is going to give um, you more of an idea um, like sort of where this is going and how it really does diversify from what we've done uh, with our show for what 11 12 years now almost um, 12 years yeah because yeah, this is um, something a bit different we'll get into the uh, why's and uh, wherefores of that however um, Mike did do a good thing about saying to contact us so if you want to uh, this podcast comes out underneath the Mike James Rock Show social media, um, largely because uh, me and Mike have, you know, main jobs, run a show, trying to run a podcast, and, you know, breathe uh, from time to time. So we decided not to set up um, new social media for this one. So you can find us. Now, I'm going to do the, the run through now. Facebook, we are facebook.com forward slash the Mike James Rock Show, um, or just search Mike James Rock Show. We are at Mike James Rock Show on Instagram. Um, and we are at tweet MJRS because my James Rock show is too long for Twitter on Twitter. 
Um, we also have a Snapchat, which is going to get a bit busier uh, once like, sort of the launch of this has uh, got in place, uh, but that is Team MJRS as well. Whilst I'm at it, I am also going to say that if you want to see the nerdy stuff that uh, me and Mike get up to respectively, I have taken, you know, absurd, absurd amounts of pride in the fact that I basically own the Devon Dan with two ends on Dan handle on the internet. So Instagram, um, Snapchat, Twitter, um, yeah, come uh, do the thing. If you can be bothered to find me on Facebook, then crack on, but I'm not going to give you my surname. Um, and um, Mike is O with an O H. That Mike James. Uh, oh, that Mike, oh James. that Mike James. That yeah. guy. Yeah, the no, guy that used to have the really big beard and, and now has doesn't less anymore. Hair than you. <laughs> yeah, no. It's we we have, uh, essentially we've worked out that there's only a certain amount of hair that can exist in this friendship. Hair, yeah, hair to face ratio in our friendship is uh, there's, there's never well it has to be at least for a day a balance where we're both equally as bearded and haired, hairy as, as each other. Yeah. And then it just go the other way. Unfortunately, I don't think mine's going to be sprouting out the top of my head any sort of time soon. No, you've, you've, you've gone to the, um, I would say dark side, but the front looks a bit more the light side. Um, and I am currently... I've got, I think, give it a year or so, if I grew my beard out as well, I could be a guitarist in Lamb of God. <laughs> you, you could, you could. The, the challenge is, is to see whether you can get your beard longer than my uh, top knot. Is it possible? Yeah, I've done it before. Yeah, well, nipple um, warmers. Uh, <laughs> well, you could also like get to the point where um, you go the Chris Kale uh, direction and start having a dreaded beard. And, but it wasn't going to end up going in that way, I think. And but to be fair, you would have to like I don't know start wearing vests and henching up and just looking mad all the time so that people didn't come up and tug on your beard all the time. <laughs> Whilst you think it's a funny idea. We lost the beard because people were um, like uh, tugging on Mike's beard constantly who didn't know him. So just a shout out to all beard people out there. I will never, ever tug on your beard without permission. <laughs> without permission. Without, I like the way you added that. I will ask whoever I can and then I will fondle it gently because um, I love beards because I, I can't have one. Um, like my, essentially, it looks like I've glued, uh, shall we say, other notable um, hair from the body onto my face when it gets long. Mm. Um, so it does not look good. You can good. say it. We're not on the radio. It's a podcast now. Oh, yeah, it looks no. like you've got pubes on your face. Yeah, it looks like I've glued pubes to my face. Um, and, uh, the joys of podcasting. Yeah! No what? FM license. <laughs> can I fucking swear? <laughs> Damn right you can. Yeah! Um, so, oh, for those that don't realise, our show goes out on FM, which in the UK means that we cannot swear. It's like being back in church. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, no, uh, you can notice the habits that we just, we, like when we're talking to each other, we do not swear. Um, no, we're all sweetness and light until the <laughs> lights go off and then it's, what the... Even we're holding it back now. So radio trained. Yeah. So we've done where to listen. Just to recap, it's Real Life Rockstars podcast on Spotify, Acast, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Follow us underneath the Mike James Rock Show stuff. Do not follow my personal ones if you're, um, you know, just looking for a good time because I am (laughs) boring as sin or Um, a nervous disposition. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) um, But and you got Mike's as well, which is oh that Mike. James. Dan wears high-vis jackets in a lot of his social media. High-vis jackets and vests. Yeah, just just be warned. Yeah, um, and um, also, uh, well, uh, shout-out to, uh, you know, nepotism right here, but shout-out to Martha F. Oto, my girlfriend, um, who came and uh, took all of the pictures, uh, both of bands and me and Mike at 2000 Trees, 
um, over the weekend. So without her, my Instagram would not be very good. It would be what it was for a couple of years, which is basically just selfies. Yes. Selfies and pictures of, well, bowls of Lucky Charms. Mm, mm, mm. Cups of coffee. I do love a good cup of coffee. Okay. Uh, anyway. Um, shall, we, uh, shall we have a quick word from our sponsors? Yeah. And then we'll crack on with what the show's all about. Yeah. So, this is the word from our sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're obviously fueled, which basically means endorsed, loved, hugged and tickled by... Uh, Fireball, and every year they do a tour. Nice. Which you might have seen for the last couple of years. It's very much based around the ska and the punk type bands. It's the Fireball tour by all accounts. It is the Fireball Fire tour, and the 2019 version is headlined by Less Than Jake. Nice! Who we've had on our radio show a few times. And it also has Goldfinger, who we've had on our radio show a few times. And... (laughs) They've got Safe Ferris, who got back together last year and now coming back to the UK because they only played Slam Dunk last year. Nice. Uh, there's also a band, which is the uh, Fireball Band of the Year, Ooh. which are called Thieves of Liberty. But what's more exciting is that your band can open up that bill, and it's in O2 Arenas. sort of like okay. There's one in the O2 Bristol, which is closest to us. Yeah. So if you're a band, head over to Fireball. And uh, Fireball UK, yeah, Fireball UK. Fireball UK, and all the details is there. Enter your band details, and uh, you could be opening up for Less Than Jake and Goldfinger in the autumn here in the UK. So, uh, just to recap that, if you're looking on the website, it would just be the Fire Tour, and yes, how to do the opening slot bands. Get on this, Fireball <laughs> are looking to do some very, very very exciting things like uh, our podcast. Well, um, podcast notwithstanding, um, but. Yeah, get on it, get yourself known by Fireball, even if it's just applying for it and potentially yeah. not making it through Fireball are looking for people at the moment. They've got a lot, yeah, big plans. Big for plans, big ideas. This is a very, like, we're... Progressive and, is the word. And obviously we're going to be loved up because they decided that we're worth sponsoring, but equally we've been doing this for a long time and every so often a new entity like Fireball comes along and goes, you know what, I just want to invest in this scene yeah. and industry because Jaeger it's Meister exciting. did it about 10 years ago and they used to do a Jaeger tour. Not that I want to you know, compare, perhaps we shouldn't mention them going up against Fireball, 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 Fireball. Fireball, Fireball. <laughs> <laughs> but they used, they used to be, okay, they used to be a... An- another a, person, another There used to be a tour that was sponsored heavily by, uh, and branded for other bra- for, for another drink. And yeah. that, that hasn't happened for a few years, so there's the Scarpunk tour. Who knows, there could be other things in the pipeline for Fireball, but get on it right away. Oh, and, and with all this talk about Fireball, I did um, shout out to um, Max of Waved Band. I am set in the Fireball Mini Bottle Challenge with me. Um, and, uh, so, and you completed it. One uh, nil. Yeah, so um, Max, game on, son. You need to down, like, or you need to bring me a drink um, that is Fireball. Always Fireball. I drink nothing but Fireball. Um, and uh, I will down that, um, and I'll make you more da- down more fireball, fireball, fireball. There we go. Fireball. I think we've I think we've met our quota for this show. Let's fireball. let's get on. And, uh... <laughs> let's talk about Emma. Yes. And public city PR. There we go. So we when we started this podcast, we wanted to help people, educate them, and sort of break down myths and rumors and stuff within the industry and what it's like at the moment, how it was. Before previous the, yeah, and, before and, the internet and, and a social media of and stuff. Just like, and this is where Emma sort of came in because where the year before we had spent a lot of time just sat around at Teddy Rocks. Shout out to Teddy Rocks, um, 
uh, festival, uh, just sat around ch- um, chilling with Emma. Um, you know, we I believe she gave me antihistamines mm, um, and various things like that. But we realised that there was something in the conversations that we as press, uh, either from a PR standpoint, a booking standpoint, a security standpoint, or whatever the case may be, there's very similar conversations that seem to go on on the industry side of things, you know? Certain just things that we kind of accept as given, we kind of accept that's just the way things are, either based on the way that other people do it, or it's just, it's one of those things. Uh, so we, we said to Emma when we came up with this idea, it's like, would you be interested as one of these people because, and again, another shout out to Straight Out of Popcorn podcast. <laughs> um, we talk a little bit about that in the interview, but uh, because she's already a podcast, we're like, would you? And um, she, you know, was just bit her hand off. And I mean, she she's a good sort of balance of, shall we say, knowing exactly how uh, much she's worth, which is one of the most awesome things about her, but also an immensely humble person. I yeah, mean, yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, like um, she she knows, um, you know, she knows knows what she can do, but she doesn't, like, there's no bragging or anything like that, and that's the one thing when we were doing the prep for this podcast and listening back to the interview, I just, I remember how much I enjoyed speaking to her, you know? Yeah, but she does name drop some of the bands that she looked after. Oh and, like, my God. It's... I get it's corrected a... within, like, ten minutes of uh, the start of the interview because I I got things wrong, like, yeah. 20 years ago. She's like, actually, that, and we already had them by this point, oh, so... So to name check, name check just a few and like to put Emma in up on her pedestal where she rightly needs to be. Um, Emma worked at Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. Or Warner Music. Yeah. One of the two. Uh, Warner. And has looked after PR for bands like uh, Mastodon, who won a Grammy off the P, you know off the whole so- that cycle. So that yeah. includes the PR, the album, everything is all encompassing. Uh, she's worked with the Deftones throughout their entire career. She's basically Deftones uh, publicist. Yeah, yeah. She, like, for Loads the whole time. of bands like, uh, was it? Um, uh, it's struggling to remember now. There's cause... just so many of them, right? but she's also working with up and coming bands. That's the that's the main thing. So she's putting all of her wealth of knowledge of working with bands like Linkin Park. That's who I was trying to yeah. think, think of. Uh, but putting all that wealth of knowledge into up and coming bands that you would see on your smaller regional circuits or yeah. where we are it's to the exit cavern i'm thinking sort of the, the bands of that play sort of like two to four hundred cap venues she's looking after bands like that and nurturing them through like our hollow our home that yeah. we've recently Shout interviewed. Out to those boys yeah um, and peng shui that we uh interviewed a uh, download as well which are completely different to a lot of other things so she's definitely got her eye on the on the pulse of what's new and being able to use the old style of uh pring and yeah. Things like that, so that's that's kind of where that one kind is. of into the picture yeah. of what she's, you know, her, her stature, should we say? And just being blunt as well, because this is kind <laughs> of uh, some of the conversations uh, that surfaced over the weekend, either on podcast or when we were discussing this with, uh, you know, the general people that we work with. Is this is not exposing any secrets? This isn't lifting the lid off of anything, except the understanding that is within the industry side of things. So yeah. if you're sat there as either a band member wondering what we're talking about about. Know, working with publicists, why this is uh, this is the point of uh, this side of the podcast is to explain what publicists do properly. Yeah, from a publicist standpoint, with them being fired, some questions we go through pet peeves, wish lists, when you should contact PRs, why you should contact PRs, what you need to be about as a band, and this is one of a set that we um, have realised that um, from talking to people and saying what is up and coming, this is one that people are really looking out for. So if you're in a band. Or anything like that. This is the point where you know get in the discussion, get us to answer some of your questions as well. Get what involved. is 
what is the pet peeve as a band when it comes to working with PRs? We will happily take that on as a question yeah. and go talk to some PRs about it. You can email uh, realliferockstarspodcast at gmail.com if you've got any questions about or the industry or just... Chuck it on our yeah. social media. Let us know it's a rock star, real life rock stars um, question as well. We will pick it up. We're the only two people that run this. Um, but equally, we're not looking for you know somebody to put your name to a PR and go, this band asks you why this. No, no. If um, It's not about that. This is about love and respect to everyone. Yeah, so educating. Yeah. So the pet peeves towards bands that you may hear about are not directed at any particular bands. It's directed at an industry that creates... Basically, um, a lack of transparency on process. Yeah, um, yeah, so maybe. we're we're trying to just, as I say, educate, show people what publicists are looking for, what's their like sort of bible guide yeah. um, for uh, working with them, so that you guys out there that are listening to this, hopefully, bands that are looking for that little bit of help, you understand what you are looking to do first, and that, and hopefully, you know, eleven years on our side, and however long we're and um, other people that we're talking to is has actually given us conversations which should be quite useful. Yeah, I so, agree. Um, so, should we get on and play this one with Emma Van Dyke's of Public City PR? I think we probably should. Cool. Roll tape. Real life rock stars podcast. Uh, right, so um, we'll have introduced ourselves on the first part of this podcast, but. Um, we're, we're joined with uh, Emma Van Dyke, like tights, she said. <laughs> <laughs> so I got it right. Um, so we, we've, we've known of you and worked with you in uh, festivals and PR world for a few years now. Yeah. Um, we thought it'd be cool just to sit down and try and get an overall view of what PR is like for bands on a small level all the way through to some of the bigger bands that you deal with because you, your company deals with bands like Mastodon and Deftones but you also deal with people like Our Hollow Our Home who are just starting off on their careers yeah. so we thought we'd sit down with you have a bit of a chat and see if like what kind of advices and things like that sure yeah any gripes or anything like that any you pet, want to peeves, yeah. Yeah, yeah. pet so, peeves yeah oh. pet peeves oh pet peeves so Oh. Why, why don't you just give us a like, little lowdown of what you do within your career within the, in the music industry, so a bit of your background. And okay, well, I mean, obviously a publicist's job is to get bands in magazines and ob- online and, you know, yep. pub- different publications. And then you have a sort of... People kind of think it's under publicity, but the sort of radio and TV yep. arm of things, which is more promotions side of things, where they, you know, so our company, Public City, we do, um, you know, print online, regional, and then we also do national radio and TV as well. Okay. So Haley Cod takes care of that arm. She's yep. great. Um, so our job is just to basically get attention for the bands that we take on and make sure that their campaigns are spread out over the cycle of the of the record or the EP, whatever it might be. Um, and just just plan it, you know, and not yeah. just people think you can just throw stuff out and you're immediately going to get like you you know posts, but you actually have to think about these things weeks and months in advance sometimes, oh, especially with the print media. You know, with the monthlies, you have to be thinking about four or five months ahead. Yeah. So you know, so like right now, I'm thinking of things for sort of October, November. Can wow. you believe it? Like, and some yeah. of those records aren't even finished yet. You know, so it's yeah. So that that's our job basically is just to make sure that the bands are properly, um, what's the word, perceived, I guess. Yes. You know. so, so the bands come to you with ideas of how they want promo done because nowadays you get like some bands will throw out three or four tunes before an album is launched or dropped kind of thing, and sometimes there's just one track or uh, and then you have to wait for ages for the album to come out. Is that all 
comes from the PR kind of side of things or is that something that the well, band comes up with? When we take on a band, we try and sit down with the team and like make get a timeline together. Yeah. So we kind of go, all right, well, on this campaign, we want to go two singles into an album or it might be a, in it for the long haul and we kind of spread it out over a year and you it's an introductory single and then there's single two around a tour and then you go three and then four into a record so I mean it really is band dependent and um, it's sort of however they want to run their campaign we can advise them how works best and especially if it's a band that want to go for mainstream radio uh, especially you know press it's a little a little different but um, for radio it's sort of you want to you know you have to present to Radio 1 it's not and in the UK like sure we have a lot of kind of you know smaller stations and online radio stuff yeah but like our main radio is like it's the BBC you know you know and and we can all kind of say whatever it is but it is like and that's what everyone hones in on whereas if you were in America and you've got all the Sirius radio and all the college radio radio and this and this you know it's a very different kettle of fish so um, when you present a band to radio you're sort of taking in um, a few singles at a time yeah. and you're sitting down with the with the producers and you're like right this is single one this is single two this is single three or whatever into the record and then they go they might go oh you know what we like three but we don't like these two and then you have to sort of rethink your strategy a little bit but for press it's just like um, just kind of getting on board as early as possible yeah. um, you know and some bands you come in right at the beginning and some bands you come in and you're halfway through an album campaign like you know or something something may have gone wrong or they've fired someone or you you know what I mean like those things happen and sometimes you jump into something I don't like getting into records like either two weeks before the bloody thing's coming out which is horrific uh, or you know mid-cycle I'm not a fan of it personally but I know things happen and you know is that the same sort of thing if if say an act gets a surprise hit because I'm just thinking like the guy yeah. just had seven weeks at number one but wasn't really expecting yeah. to even get in the top ten kind of thing do you have to have you had that kind of experience yourself and do you have to like completely then have a contingency plan or just ride it out and see what happens the following week as those as those tunes get bigger and bigger kind of yeah thing? I mean over the course of my career I've had some surprise hits and you know okay. things that you think this is a smash and it ends up like you know Niles Barkley when I worked at Warner's you know we were all like this is a cool song I was like no this is like a smash this is a smash and it was was number one for like ten weeks or something ridiculous like that Um, and uh, uh, Dan Jones who did Niles press and he was a bit like I don't know what's going to happen with this it's going to be a bit of a tough one and it's it's Danger Mouse so we'll get you know it'll be kind of cool press and whatever and then it was just like everywhere and, and then they were everywhere yeah. so like he got thrown in the deep end with that one you know so and you know my stuff has been more like like when I started at Warner Brothers it was Jesus 94 I started at Warner's just I was at 17 grunge, really, yeah and yeah, I was yeah. 17 and uh, and I was a press assistant at Warner Brothers and then sort of worked my way up you know nice. so nice. but it was like 90 I'm gonna say probably 96 Late 95 into 96 when I started taking on my own bands. I was giving them to work, you know. So then it was like Deftones and Static X and Orgy and like all those, all those kind of like... Start a new metal almost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that was sort of... I don't even know if anyone's kind of gone... 
you know, I coined the phrase new metal or what have you. But at the time, I know that's something that we were all banding around. You know, I was like, it's the new wave of, of, of metal, the new, yeah. the new kids on the block, basically, you know. Yeah. And, um, and especially, like, with Linkin Park, mm. because at the label, you know, no one was really paying any attention to them to well, start with. No. No, because I remember they, they had a... Um when One Step Closer came out, they yeah. were entirely different branded um, to just their next single, um, um, which was uh, Crawling. Um, like, hair colour changes, everything like that. Because um, I think they... Well, no, because Chess had red hair. I think he just changed his hair um, just afterwards. I think he was still blonde on when we put One Step Closer out, but I think okay. he was red-headed in the video, I think. But, um, yeah. you know, I can't remember. But, um, it's a very long time ago. Yeah, it is. But um, when the demos got sent in from their guy in LA and he's because he, I did all the metal stuff press wise here yeah. he sent me like you know five track demos and he was just like this is my next thing and like I'm super excited about it and whatever I was like I've oh, actually Park, listened cool. to those demos oh, right. because they, they are available online. right okay and uh, yeah compared to the first album release right uh, there's what oh what you heard the zero stuff or I think um, was there, it's the one with a track called rhinestone I think, I think, I think. that's zero so that yeah. was that was just before they got signed I, so I, the stuff I heard was the stuff that was on Hybrid Theory okay so but I was like this is really cool and I was like and I can see this like happening and it was around the time of like um, Alien Ant Farm Papa Roach that you know corn Deftones that kind of thing and I went into my MD uh, at the time and I was like this band I was like I think this is gonna you know happen he's like you do your thing and we'll all catch up so I spoke to Kerrang and I was like, Lincoln Park, I was like, this is the band that's that's going to blow up. And they were like, yeah, we think so too, so let's get on it now. Yep. And they put them on the cover before they'd really written anything about them, wow. um, yeah. which was really cool. And um, we changed the way that the industry did showcases at the time as well. Because really? up until that point, if you did a showcase, it was like media people in the room, the band play a few songs, everyone has a few drinks and you bugger off. But I was like, why don't we get kids in the room? And make it like a genuine reaction thing. Gig. Yeah, that's amazing. So, have you been involved with the Blondie gigs? The, yes, sorry, the gigs yes, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mastodon done it. Parkway've done it. It's a few, real my lot. Um, but with that show, we did uh, King's College um, in London, and um, it's an art so. Yeah. yeah, so up there's a balcony, so I was like, let's get all the media people up on the balcony and we'll do a competition in Kerrang and we'll get all the kids downstairs and it'll be like, oh shit, this is actually happening. Yeah? And it obviously, you know, it all went from there, really, you know. It worked. It worked, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's interesting to see things explode like that, yeah. you know, yeah. and, you know, when you, and then there'll be some things where you're thinking, like, this is a no brainer, this is, this this is going to be massive, and it doesn't happen. And it's yeah. very frustrating because you're like you can see the potential in something, and you're like, you know, I don't like to think I'm wrong. Half, you know, no one likes to be like, no, I, like I'm well, right, I'm right. You know, and then we've you know. uh, we've seen trajectories on a few bands where they've just been at that point where they're going to go from you know almost local band status to being something a bit bigger, but behind the scenes their PR or manager has changed, right? And then suddenly nobody knows their name anymore. Yep. Nobody's willing to serve them up to anywhere else. Um, and like we've watched it kill a couple of bands. Like they were they were done after that point because they couldn't get that traction back. They'd spent so much money getting to that point, 
Um, and so much work too. Oh, you know? incredible! Like, I mean, these yeah. guys. Uh, the one I'm really thinking of moved in together. Used to do like uh, back in the day when Twitter was a bit different. They did like Twitter parties and stuff like that. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, where they would live stream on there and like get people. They like play acoustic sets and all of that sort of stuff. They were incredibly hard working, but once they lost the industry support from somebody like yourself, yeah, nothing bad. It was just a, a, a simply a promotion from one company to another. But they didn't get taken across, and then they say nobody actually knows their name, and that's a, a big thing in PR. Is yeah. like we have to explain to fans and say it's not a case of who you know necessarily, but when there's so many people out there trying to get to publicists, radio stations, that's why a brand such as yourself that has built itself up over time got the reputation of being serving good bands yeah. to press that's where it makes a lot of sense you have to really educate bands that's what PR is there for yeah but also there's you know like with Public City like when I left Warners yeah. I'd been there for 14 years and you know I'd worked everyone from you know Green Day Lincoln Park Avenged Sevenfold Deftones obviously Mastodon you know etc 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 and I I got to a point where I was like it's kind of like a I kind of had enough, and I didn't want to be part of the corporate thing anymore. Yeah. And I was actually going to go into tour managing. Okay. That's what I was going to do. My boyfriend at the time and I, like, he was a guitar tech and a driver anyway. That's what he was doing, driving bands around. Um, and then I was like, you know, I knew there was redundancies coming up, so I kind of stuck my hand up for voluntary. Yeah. And just sort of kept it quiet because I thought, you know, I'm saving someone's job, but there are other people who are losing their jobs, and it sucks. Yeah. But I just sort of was like, I'm taking voluntary... I got some money, I took my bands, and, and I was like, right, I'm going to do PR for a little bit, and then as, the, as we start our, our touring company, and then I'll do the swap over, and then I'll stop doing press. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that was the plan anyway. Um, then um, the day that I sent an email out to all my managers and you know various people that I knew, I was like, I'm leaving Warners, and I'm setting up my own thing, and you know this is my info kind of thing <laughs> that day I got Henry Rollins Parkway Drive and The Living End amazing and I was like work, eh? I was like I think this might work out <laughs> because straight away like Henry's manager was like uh, we need a new publicist Henry loves you do you want the job yeah. I was like yes thank you so now I'm sort of nearly 13 years in with Henry and you know it's and he's great so he doesn't do a lot of music at all now, no he doesn't do any music at all yes yeah he's all like the, the speaking shows yeah, yeah. so and uh, and he's great fun so um, but my whole my whole thing with the ethos of this company was like we have a lot of integrity and I won't take on anything I don't like and that I don't Fair think uh, that we don't believe in you yeah. know and um, I I did enough of that at Warner Brothers where I had to call people and be like yeah, so this great record's coming in. It was an absolute piece of shit, you know? And I was just like, I can't do it anymore because I don't believe in it. Yeah. Where, you know, people... I think people respect me for the fact that I'll be like, you know what, this record's amazing, you know? like, And hopefully that will go a little bit closer to the top of their list, to li- you know, of, well, of the 50 records they got when, their day. When you post up about some of the new bands that you've signed up yeah. for Public City, it was like... Excellent, new, exciting bands. Yeah. We know that they're, they're going to be here in a couple of years. Yeah. Time kind of thing. You, you would have signed them up knowing that they have got some sort of trajectory. And totally. 
boost them even further. Yeah, totally. I don't I don't like to just, you know, take it like I could be like that and I could take on everything that we're offered. Yeah. I'd have 20 people working for me. I'd be sitting on a gold throne and yeah. not doing any of the work myself and but like where's the fun in that? Like I I love what we do and I love what we do as a company and I feel like we're very uh, our artist uh, development side yeah. of things. Um, is really integral to what we do and, and the trust that you build with the artist as you kind of, you know, help help them to grow, you know. Yeah. We, we, we've noticed it from doing hundreds of interviews through the Rock Show that you can tell the artists that have had uh, press training, per se. Right. Yeah. You'll, you'll obviously have some PRs that go, like, don't talk over each other, blah, blah, sure. blah, blah, that kind of thing. But you, the ones that have got a proper media training are, are the ones that... Oh, it becomes a conversation, which is what our interviews are more geared towards than a question answer kind of yeah. thing. And yeah, it's, you can tell the bands that are going to go places because yeah. they've got that media training. Yeah, and it's just but a bit it's, of savviness about them. Yeah, really. it's just like, and it's not even so much media training anymore. I mean, it used to be back in the day, like you'd, yeah. you know, you'd have the way we used to do it at Warner's with the new bands was we would get like an editor of a magazine or something to, to come and sit with a band and sort of almost like conduct an interview yeah. and he would give them a, he or she would give them pointers on like okay um, that was an, a, a decent answer but how about you kind of you know, elaborate a little bit more on this or yeah. this and that was sort of how we did it rather than you know sitting there with your note Book and you we, know, we've been there, we've yep. done that with pages of notes and stuff yeah. from the other side, as yeah. it were. Yeah, what we've also learned is that if you have a conversation with someone, they're, they're they let their guard down slightly, yeah, and you absolutely, can get exclusives. And that actually happened with me with one of your artists. Oh, really? Yeah, I was Ooh. talking to uh, Bill Kinnear from Mastodon, oh, Bill, yeah, uh, uh, Reading three years ago, just yeah. before the last album dropped, and we did the interview. And I didn't think anything of it. We were just chatting as we do. And it happens so often. You have a conversation with an artist and you don't really take in with what they said. So Dan edits it. We put it online. The following morning, like Alt Press and blah, blah, yeah. blah, picked up on it. So he talks about directly that as soon as they get home from doing Reading, they're going into the studio. Yeah, he, I remember he, that. <laughs> he, 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 names the, well, he doesn't name the album or anything. Yeah. He says we've got like 12 or 13 tracks all demo ready to go. And it was the first time that someone had spoken about it. And thousands of views have been yeah. like hours of people getting hold of it it's, just, yeah. it's and that's the wildfire that is the internet yeah. you know yeah. I mean, that, that's why people are going yeah. as well that's, yeah. that's what we no. found the more you relax an artist in a conversation yeah. with them yeah they'll, they'll but then just, sometimes like on the, on the flip of that uh, like from my side so had Bill not been comfortable telling you that he would have then come to me and gone M you know what I kind of dropped some knowledge that I shouldn't have yet yeah so you know, and then, where then then we have to you know come to you guys and be like, hey, listen, I know I know it's an exclusive and blah blah blah, and I know it's good for you, but like, please, out of respect for the band and yeah. and for me, like, can you just hold off for a bit? And we've been embargoed um, so many times. Yeah, we've, we've actually forgotten <laughs> yeah. like, the amount of times. Well, that's testament to how good you guys are. Like, you well, know, the, the thing arts. is. is we wouldn't actually have a career if it wasn't for you guys. Um, you know, we could oh, do the radio show, but we wouldn't get the new singles necessarily yeah. as quickly as we do. And we we, we, the, uh, we wouldn't get the interviews at the all, start, at yeah. all. So, um, but there's that mutual trust that you know that you can ask us to hold yeah. something back that's got too much info in. But also, um, I you'll let's just say there's, there's various people that when they bring band members over, there's an internal cringe where I'm like. I'm not sure how this interview is going to go, <laughs> especially because out of me and Mike, I'm the weirdo that likes to say strange things to people. Um, and then well, we but, know that. But because <laughs> you know that, when, when you're bringing a band to us, you've already prepped them for what to expect yeah. from us. 
and it's those small little things that make you guys good to work with. Oh, great. Um, and a couple other people out there, don't get me wrong. Yeah, oh, uh, um, dude, there's so many brilliant publicists out there at the moment, like, and you know we all talk to each other, so it's like, you know, and... You know, we all kind of... I, actually, I say that about uh, the Cosa Nostra ladies, you know, Kirsten and Michelle and Charlie, and, like, we get on Skype. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're brilliant. But, yeah, but we get on Skype and we have, like... <laughs> we call it, like, the witch's cauldron. And we just, like, <laughs> we just sit there and not bitch about everyone because it's not really what it's about, but... Um, but it's like the yeah, group for our chat. frustrations. Yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah, group, group chat, chat, but, yeah. Um, but it's nice to get a bit of FaceTime, you know, with them or we go and get some lunch and... Yeah. But that's also good to hear because, like, we get... We bump into other radio station interviewers at a gig, you know, because three yeah, or four sure. interviews done. And we sit in the pub and have a chat and oh, bitch totally. about yeah. everyone uh, in the industry. Exactly. Yeah. You do. It's right. like, set the your, world to rights. Yeah, yeah. And in your yeah. day job, you do it. It's, it's, yeah. it's good to yeah. know that all the PRs have got the same sort of things yeah. that we do. They're, they're all friends and they're all separate companies as well, but they all work together for the greater cause of yeah, raising up their artists. Definitely. And like, and, and I, like me personally, I'm very big on. Um, giving people praise yes. when they've done something great or when they're doing a brilliant campaign or whatever and there's, there is a lot of jealousy in, in our world and, yeah. and what we do and a, and a little bit and there's a little you know a bit of backstabby bitchiness oh, um, that does completely. happen it's and I, I think it's ego, though, isn't yeah it? but I kind of think it's ridiculous because at the end of the day we're all trying to do the same thing and that is promote especially the bands that we work with yeah. our fucking world you know and like if we don't do it like everyone's always like rock is dead and blah 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 I'm like no it fucking isn't no like goodness. look at all the incredible media we have yeah. you know and then like on the flip like again with, with the other other bands that I do like doing like the hip hop stuff there's nowhere near as much media for hip hop bands anymore well we've actually thought about um, this um, because we realised that honing our interview style is something very specific to rock and metal we're yeah. the ones that you know, do press areas, there's interviews and everything like Sorry, that. Sorry, they're picking up the rubbish behind us. Apologies, <laughs> everyone. Um, and we've wondered what it would be like um, because we, um, for, <laughs> me and Mike are actually into EDM quite a lot. Both right, okay. spent a lot of our youth. He was a house DJ for our local county, as it happens. Right. You always say house, it was hard house and trance. Yeah. There's a difference. I meant that you were the standard, you were the standard <laughs> person to go to. Okay, yeah, yeah, I get that. But um, we never see any interviews of our style with other genres. No. Um, so we are looking to actually um, go to other genres at some point. Because one of the reasons we go to Boomtown Festival now. Yeah, it's, it's, cool. It's, it's got the, the punk and the rock and the metal yeah. side of things. But we can also then turn around and, you know, bag an interview with Carl Cox or something. Yeah. Because I've DJed with him like 25 years ago. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the kind of cool thing about what I do too is that, sure, I do a lot of rock and metal bands. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I have done for a long time. But, like... I mean, you guys know me. Like hip hop's my favourite yeah. genre. genre music. Yeah. James, the shit James that I Fairway, the yeah, Royal yeah. Albert a few weeks ago. Yeah. That must have just been amazing. Oh, it was incredible. So, and Uncle, first, like yeah, my well. favourite, like one of my favourite favourite bands. And that what first was Uncle album came out? Oh my god, like, science fiction. The amazing. I, and you know what's really funny about that is that um, at the time, I guess things weren't going too well with their previous PR team, and it was the first Uncle record in seven years. And my friend Steph, you know, Harris's girlfriend Steph, yeah. um, she's a digital marketing whiz and she was working on the campaign at the label that were putting it out. Yeah. And uh, she's like, oh, I'm working on the Uncle record. I was like, oh, my God. And, you know, she knows what a fan I am. And um, I messaged her and I was like, uh, why am I not seeing anything on Uncle? 
Like, it's been seven years, it's the 25th anniversary, the 20th anniversary coming up, and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I would pitch him here, 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 and here, and I'd want to do this, 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 and this. And she forwarded it to the manager. And I didn't know she was going to do that, but she, <laughs> she did. And uh, she's like, I think you might need to have a chat with them. And we had the chat, and then uh, she's like, you know more about James Avell than I do, like the manager. Yeah. Um, and uh, she's like, I think you need to meet James and sit and have a chat because um, things aren't going too well with our other team. And I was like, cool, well, you know, I don't like to do that. And I, it's not something I really do, like, no, at all. Like, like I, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, do no, that. No, I don't no, do God. that at all. But they came to, you know, they kind of came to me and were like, look, let's have a chat. So I was like, okay, cool. So I had a chat. And, like, by the two hours after James and I had, you know, been rambling at each other, mm. like, he gave me a big hug. He's like, I fucking love you. And, like... <laughs> you need yeah you need to be doing this I was like well look I'll leave it in your court and that's you know it's totally up to you and then they swapped teams and came to us and um and that was like there's not many mic drop moments in what we do no you're right there have been a few times where I've been like oh I I can go and just start a coffee company and I'm done you know but that was like I prepped so much for that chat and I was just like, I'm so excited. And if I get this, like, this is huge for me because I don't want to just be doing rock and metal bands for the rest yeah. of my career. Yeah. Um, no disrespect to anyone because I, I love what I do. Um, but it's nice to expand a little bit, you know. I don't want to get to 50 years old and be, you know, like chatting to a 20-year-old, like, God knows what music, or probably still metal by that point. <laughs> it's not that far away. Um, and... You know, I'm not the right person to be doing that. They should be going with someone a, a bit younger. Or, I don't know. You know, that's just sort of how I feel in my head right now. I mean, I certainly don't feel my age right now. I don't think in, you know, <laughs> seven years' time um, <laughs> uh, that I'll feel any differently. But um, I was just like, I need to expand a little bit and do, and just sort of um, get to do stuff that's a little bit out of the box and just, well, um, you know. Um, the whole thing. I imagine that um, anything... Because we've we've done it from time to time. We've learned things along the way which don't come from rock and metal. Mm-hmm. But because uh, uh, we were watching sort of interviews, and it was I don't think it was even to do with uh, music, but we saw somebody that had conversations rather than a notebook. Right. And Mike was like, I really want to emulate that. That's what I want to introduce. Mine was Jonathan Ross show. Yeah. Just on a yeah. Saturday night, the way he conducts his interviews, it's yeah. straight away he relaxes the guest, and then it's into a conversation, not real questions. And yeah. Yeah, we, it's we, a nicer way of doing things, I think. Like rather than being like, um, on uh, the second record, you uh, you know, you're like oh god, whatever, well, you know. I realised I was cutting people off from interesting conversation points to <laughs> read out the next question because I was so cutting. Uh, um, Got the answer you wanted, yeah. yeah, not the answer that they were giving you. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And um, it's it's the stupidest story that um, got me to stop. Um, but we we got embargoed on a certain thing that happened with a band where they kicked, a, shall we say, an untrustworthy member out earlier that okay. week. But they wanted to do press at the festival that they had promised. I mean, it was a three-day, so three single days. So we were the last day that they had done. They had done something like they said, 30 interviews. Yeah, it was about that, wasn't it? And every interview was struggling to get past the embargo because they just right. wanted to talk about this controversial thing that had happened. Of course. So I was flipping out and I was saying to Mike, like, all of my questions are useless. I can't even ask them what they've been up to recently. Yeah. Because it happened, like, the week before. Is that... So the first thing that comes into your head, um, you say, it's what you do on the radio show. He's like, you never plan saying anything with me. So you interviewed them not um, long ago. 
Say the first thing that comes into your head. Um, we ended up in like the first 30 seconds inviting Corey Taylor to join an a cappella sass band because uh, it just went left at the traffic lights. And um, it never came back. No. We, we, in all the interviews with them since then. <laughs> we've danced and sang through everything. But the comments that I, and we were getting and the, the way the band reacted, we're like, this is actually quite, um, quite interesting. Yes. And if we had stayed within the rock and metal format of doing interviews, we would still be doing... So, uh, where did you get Public City's name from? Like, you know, oh, well, you know, it's a funny story about that. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not really that funny. I just, um, it's it's publicity with two C's. That's brilliant. Really, and at the time, obviously, Public Enemy, my favourite band. So I was like, there's that element. And at the time, I was doing a lot of stuff with um, Glassjaw and Head Automatica and. Uh, Daryl's like crew I guess you could call it his yeah. posse it was Cardboard City so okay. and and their logo was the Chanel logo so the two C's Brilliant. back to back and I was just dicking around and I was with him actually I was like what should I call my company you know and I was just I was doodling and, and I had a I had a, a Cardboard City sticker on something and I just wrote Public City I was like, publicity. I was like, that's publicity with two C's. That's kind of cool. And he's like, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. I was like, should I just do that? He's like, yeah. Because I actually only planned on being like a PR company for like a year. And then I was yeah. going to go into TMing and, you know, and change my my course, you know. And then didn't. <laughs> um, and then and then the logo came about um, my friend Jeff Everett, who's an incredible artist, um, He's called El Jefe, is his kind of, you know. And he uh, runs a company called Rockets Are Red. And I asked him, I was like, do you think you could help me with a logo? And he's like, yeah, tell me all the things that you like. And we had a little chat on the phone. He came back to me, and it's a, it's a building that looks like a ghetto blaster, basically. Nice. And I was like, nice. it couldn't be more perfect. It's, you know, exactly, you know. Brooklyn-style ghetto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, got that sort of uh, Shepherd Fairy type of feel to it. And, uh and it's cool. So yeah, so public city it is, and it shall forever be. And yeah, we're going into shit. It's going to be thirteen years next year. Well, I was going to mention uh, the fact that you did say thirteen years because yeah. we're now heralding ourselves ten years, eleven, yeah. 11 years 11 this year. Years. Sorry. Yeah. And um, like to begin with, because um, it relates to something we were saying earlier, is um, if we have been controversial across any of our career, rather than trying to do what you do and mm-hmm. have a respectable brand have something that people can trust they can talk to and work with rather than worrying that with their 15 minutes that uh, PR puts a band with yeah. us they're going to say something controversial tagline even the world of clickbait we're yeah. now coming out the other side of it um, sort of yourself and ourselves we've been there for the explosion of social media with these uh, 15 seconds of fame rock star press we call them where <laughs> right. uh, people are trying to you know make their own name by um, sort of getting a bad exclusive album yeah. or something like that and the funny thing is is we've watched all of those controversial people disappear six months after their big moment and now we're left in the industry with companies like yourself that are doing a similar thing to what we are doing which is trying to actually change the model from an ego-driven thing. There's no money left, so... No, we're not like We're having less rock stars, more hard-working like, grafters, basically. Almost every band member has to double duty on at least something else. Yeah, for sure. And that's <clears throat> where we came up with the idea of doing this, is because we find this more interesting. 
Um, well, we found that, that we, we were like interviewing bands that were on sort of lunchtime-ish on the main stage or even the sec- a bit higher on the second stage at Download on a Sunday. They'd come and do press. We'd have an amazing interview with them and they'd be like playing to thousands of people. And they're like, so what's next for you guys? It's like, well, back to work tomorrow morning. Yeah, driving yeah. Van or, oh, God, totally, yeah. It's, it's, what, yeah. it's what bands have to do now. It's like, you know, one member probably that does the, the band stuff. And the other guys are all grafting to keep them on yeah. the road, kind of thing. Yeah. And it's, it, it's, it's bands that are signed to labels, and you know they're out there grafting every weekend, but still have to go and. Well, what, who's we, we spoke to a band uh, earlier this year coming from America. Issues, issues. issues yeah. yeah. That they all they all do Uber when they're not wow. working. They're, yeah. they're like driving taxis and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's like it's a hard industry to get into. I'll tell you what, I've been thinking about doing some Uber driving too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going for something slightly different myself. It's a. I'm going to be a driving instructor. A driving I, instructor? I, I okay. can't, I cannot be made to shut up at any point in my life. Have you got patience though? Yeah. Um, in For fact, some like, you know, 17 year old douchebag kid. Um, well, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, I've I started teaching people last time because I'm about to go back through the qualification process. Right, okay. Um, and uh, I, I don't mind if I get essentially this is going to sound really bad but if I'm in the position of power like a tutor or a teacher I don't mind because I do get to tell people they say well you can you know fuck about basically but you're paying me quite a lot of money to (laughs) screw about for an hour I get paid either way so if you waste this I just get to make more money off of you and that's calmed people down (laughs) straight away Um, but what I actually enjoyed is because I um, have a a little struggle with uh, depression and anxiety. I was actually teaching people, um, for the most part, with depression and anxiety. Wow, that's great. Um, to because I found driving for me beat my agoraphobia um, because I had a, a mobile sort of place that yeah. was mine that I could ground myself in. So I had um, great fun teaching people that like first time they're in the car with floods of tears for half an hour, an hour. Four hours later, they hadn't realised that they left a car park, were driving around on main roads. Oh, that's awesome. It was a really good feeling. Um, but the main reason I chose that above everything else is simply because I'll book my own hours, I get paid reasonably well, yeah. and it means that I'm not burning myself out trying to do the rock show at the same time as everything else. Because so we have normal people jobs um, uh, just to come here. Yeah. We've never been paid. Like, we worked out depressingly about three years ago. We've only ever lost money. Um, we, I'm, <laughs> we, I'm like, I'm like, I've only really ever lost money too. Like, yeah. you know, it's over, over the grand scale of the <laughs> the 11 year career. That goes on fuel, though, yeah. Because yeah. we, we fuel last and year food. We did, yeah, last like, year we did 15 you know. festivals Shit. just doing interviews and stuff, which is more than some national yeah. print media yeah. will send their um, people to. Yeah. And uh, we just, yeah, it just takes it out of your, your finances. So like, if we can, yeah. if we used to put on gigs ourselves just to be, use that money to be able to pay for yeah. what we did, we'd never li- legitimately take any money from never the radio penny. show or no. putting on gigs or stuff. It always almost like a non for non for profit because any money we would make we'd go back into equipment or petrol yeah. and things yeah. like that. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? It's yeah. like you're just constantly just there's always something. Like, you know, and people think, like, oh, that we get paid a fucking fortune for what we do. We really do not. And, like, the fees have drastically changed over the years. Oh, yeah. You know, bands don't have as much money anymore. But, um, you know, I kind of say to bands, you know, when we're talking about fees and we're talking about, you know, whatever length of the campaign is, but I'm like, look, if I'm doing an album cycle and you're going to be basically touring and working on this record over a year, year and a half. Yeah. Right? Take that figure you want to pay me and split that over 14 months. Would you, 
would you be happy to work that for, like for that money a month yeah and then so they're like drops, and so. then they're like oh i'm like okay how much do you pay your tour manager a day and they're like x amount i was like okay cool now look look back at that figure that you just tried to get me to work for that's not even two days of your fucking tour manager yeah. a month we we actually like, we sat on. down and worked out if you're a five-piece band yeah plus a tour manager that does merch and stuff yeah work it out on and you want to do a, a, a full year as working all four members as a touring band recording and all that kind of stuff we worked it out on national minimum wage yeah your band needs to be earning anywhere between 80 and 100 grand for all band members yeah. just to be able to live to and live. survive and pay their basic rent before you pay for studios and PRs yeah. and promo and getting to gigs and stuff yeah. it's like that's on minimum wage it's fucking it's yeah. fucking hard and it's like it's a graft you know yeah. and you have to really love what you're doing like and you know and our, our side of things is very different to the band side of things obviously because I mean, it is. It's not. It's yeah. not the, the entertainment side of things. But you know, behind the scenes, we're you know we're taking the phone calls at two o'clock in the morning when the manager in California wakes up, or you know, like with Parkway, I have to start really early in the morning, especially when they're home, because uh, because yeah. it's they're ten hours ahead. Yeah. You know, so I you know when Parkway are just about to start cycle, I'm getting up at five in the morning. You know, That's and I'm having to get people to do phoners at like eight. 8 o'clock in the morning, you know, yeah. or 9 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, I'm sorry this is so early, but, you know, Winston's going to bed in a minute. So, like... But that's where the reputation you know. really comes from, because... And it's the thing, um, to break it down for more a, a local level, is, um, you know, unless you're... Essentially, I think the only example I can think of recently is I Prevail that decided to put loads of money into Facebook rather right, than yeah. anything else. Yeah. Unless you're the lucky one that comes up with that brilliant idea and does it for the first time before Facebook basically screws you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you need reputation of people like yourself. Because mm. um, it's the thing that we say to people is um, we, we don't try to balance anybody else, but um, we, we recognise that we're sort of your mid-card show and you've got, you know... Dampy cartridge yeah. on top of the pack, but he would get you know ten times as many tracks sent to him as we do. Yeah. Um, so he can't do what we do and pick and choose a couple unsigned bands to play. Instead, what he has to do is trust somebody like yourself to go yeah. right. So this is your latest booking. Is this something that I'm going to want to play? Where are they playing this year? Where can yeah. I touch base? With oh, dude, yeah. there'll, there'll be things like and and I've known Dan like just taking Dan as a, as an example here, like. I've known Dan for a really long time. I did A's Press. Oh, okay. so wow. So I've known Dan a really long time, and yeah. he's one of my favorite humans on the planet. He is like, lovely. He is, like, honest to God, if he needed a kidney, I'd give it to him. You know, yeah. like, I, I love him to death. Um, and there's times where, like, I'll be like, yo, can you do me? I don't do radio, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, Haley does radio. and yeah. But we don't always have the same bands. Like, so we'll try and work as much as we can together, but sometimes they've already got a radio person or they've already got a, a PR person. Um, so, you know, that's where our roster kind of, like, you know, is looks massive. Yeah. But we don't all, we don't all work yeah. on the same artist, if that makes sense. Um, but... Um, where was I fucking going with this? Oh, yeah, Dan. So, <laughs> so um, you know, there'll be even times where I'll message him and be like, will you do me a favor? And, like, I've just taken on this, like, up-and-coming band, and, yeah. you know, and it's it's rad. Like, we play it. And he'll yeah. be like, he's like, I don't like it. And he'll be straight up with me. And yeah. he'll be like, Em, I'm just, I'm just not feeling it. I'm sorry. 
you know, and I'm like, shit, you know, and that's like, you know, he's my homie, you know, and like, I know he'll always do me a favor if he can, but he, Dan has that integrity too, where he won't play something if he doesn't like it, you know, yeah, and that's what I love about him, that's what I love about you guys, that's what I love about our company, is that there's that integrity there, and it's not oh, like, it's not just a quick fucking grab for, you know, the, the cash or the, oh, like, you know, quick, let's get this on, but then there'll be, there'll be times where you've got a band who are established yeah and it's fucking terrible or like you or you've already taken them on as an artist i can't think of i mean it's been a long time since this has happened to me i'll I'll be honest but it has happened in the past where i've I've taken on a band and then you come around to the next record and it's not good and you're like oh fuck what do you do and it's like you know, and you you like them as people, and you want to help, and you try and tell them like you, know, you don't want, never want to tell anyone that your record's not very good. But there'll be times where that's happened, and they're a big band, and I'll have to speak to press and be like, "Listen, I know that this record isn't anywhere near as good as the last one, but I need a favor on this one." Yeah. You know, and for the most part, you know, people will will help me out where where they can. Um, try and find a sympathetic here or someone who might like like the thing, but it's it's very rare that this happens. Like, I mean, like uber rare. Yeah. But I like to know that um, people kind of trust my opinion enough that if I I know if I call Sam Core at Kerrang and I'm like Sam, this band, this is it. Like, like we, you know, let's go. Yeah. He'll be like, all right. You know, and and he'll he'll listen to what I have to say, and he'll go away and listen to the record, and be like, "Yeah, I get it." You know, um, let's, you know. Like, um, but sometimes, but sometimes yeah. he'll also go, "I don't get it," and I'm like, "Well, you're a fucking idiot." <laughs> <laughs> and then it will, you know. Another thing. Then it either work or it doesn't work. But yeah, you know. smaller bands that are on this mixed roster as well. By the way, Sam, you're not a fucking idiot. I love you very much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Big shout out to everybody. Big, we were yeah, about. exactly. <laughs> But another thing which um, we've had over time, which um, I'm not sure that smaller bands would necessarily realise, is just a thing that happens. Let's say, for example, we hadn't had Parkway yet and we really wanted Parkway from you. Yeah. At some point this year, yeah, okay, work for it. Take them, my smaller, like, lower card bands. Yes, yes. Give them a decent interview. Yeah. And I'll set Parkway up because then Parkway will trust you putting them with us um, and stuff like that. And it's what a lot of bands don't realise that that is the trust that goes on in the industry is we want something from you as a PR yeah, we all want to help yeah. each other out like because that and is it, the name of the game at the end of the day like promoting new music yeah yes. exactly community exactly. not competition as well yeah, yeah that's been for my sure. rant for years yeah. um, mostly because I got angry with uh, the amount of um, seeming backstabbing that was going on at a certain point but right I think it's what we've talked about is uh, we're still getting used to the new era of music where the old way doesn't necessarily work. No, it doesn't. No. And the new way only works for certain people. Um, and we were, because we're quite big fans of the Jamie Jaster podcast, shout mm-hmm. out to that because it's awesome. Um, Love Jamie. Yeah, but mm-hmm. he talks about have everythings and have nothings because mm-hmm. uh, there's a weird divide in the industry where people overpay over the top to go see a, a Bring Me the Horizon but won't see the next Bring Me the Horizon in a local gig um, because you never know who's going to get to that stage next. Yeah. Um, so you have bands that have nothing and they're grafting just to try and stay alive. No disrespect to a band like Bring Me the Horizon, but they're they getting... They've they're 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 oh, yeah, they did, yeah. But they're now they've done the switch and to have everything. The reason I like them so much is because they've... And I think that was the whole point of getting Danny Filth into one of their tracks is he was a reason why they did music originally. Okay. So they gave him a 
a slot, uh, the guest vocal slot okay. back as a, just a... My thanks. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the funny thing is, is because um, we uh, talked to um, one of Danny's friends that he plays five side football with, and he turned around and said, yeah, the spike on all of Danny Phil's tracks um, under Cradle have just gone mental since um, Bring Me did that for him. That's cool. And again, like, that's, that's something that you can't pay for, respecting being a community. Yeah. I mean, you look back in the day when there was money, is people are actually far nicer to each other than us scrabbling over, like, nothing at the moment. Yeah, I th- um, it's, a, it's a real tough one because there's so many bands that are on the up that get stuck yeah. at a certain level. And it's very frustrating because, you know, you want to help these guys and girls as much as you can and you, you want to help them to get there and, you know, and sometimes it just doesn't happen. Yeah. And and it's through no fault of the, the music. It's just, sometimes it's just a time and a place where things connect and it goes. Like You can also get things where there's bands that are, are like, all over the place. I mean, like, you know, covers, you know, features, blah, 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 blah. And they don't sell shit. They don't sell any records. Like, it, like when you look at the, the kind of, um, the ratio of, like, of PR coverage to actual album sales like it's sometimes it's frightening and you're like fuck like we, but we did everything yeah. we did this 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 and this and we only sold that amount of records like week one and, so you're, and it's really frustrating yeah because there's some bands that that you'll look at and go but they're huge yeah. I'm like perception yes they are, yeah. but when it comes to touring or album sales or you know merch sales, or streaming on Spotify, they're not as big as you think they are. Well, That's why they so always say yeah. that rock, rock and metal is is the most biggest growth in music yeah. and things like that. Because yeah, you can relate back to it. If you if you know, yeah, as rock festivals, they were out recording this podcast, and there's so many in my eyes anyway. There seems to be more rock and metal festivals than there are sort of say. Pop, or, yeah, you know, yeah, because those, those kids don't go to those, no, no, they don't go to shows like that. They'll no. go to Reading, like yeah. you know, now because Reading isn't a rock festival. When I, yeah, when I started at Reading, it was, yeah, it oh, was yeah. like mid 90s, and, and it was Nirvana awesome. were playing and things like that, yeah. screaming trees. And but what? if, but if we were 17 now, you want it because it's so fractured. Those bands that are on Reading and Leeds are their Nirvanas, are their you know, 100%. the Billie Eilishes of the yeah. world, and, and what have you. I actually really like her record. <laughs> All the beats are done by her brother, though. All the what? All the, the beats, beats are done by her brother. Cool. He, I reckon that's he, even cooler. He would probably end up becoming like an ex Pharrell or someone that would jump probably, up yeah. behind the desk. And, that's really and, cool. Yeah. Actually, um, one of the guys from Bad Rabbits is her sound guy now. Nice. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's it's funny how it all moves out. and all her crew are like guys that worked on Warp Tour and stuff like that. So I I kind of love that. I think yeah. that's that's really cool. Well, Steering her in the right direction. Hopefully, yeah. She, yeah, hopefully she will get protected though because she's had that yeah, meteoric rise yeah, in the very last year. very quick. Like, yeah. yeah, she's only seventeen yeah. or something. She looked because I did I watched the comparison interview she did between the twenty seventeen interview and then tried to answer the same questions again. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, it's brilliant because it's like what's your uh, most liked picture on Instagram? Oh, I think maybe I have seen that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Now it's like 1.8 million yeah, or some stupid um, shit. Yeah. And she's the same though. The um, the the really interesting because it was uh, just part is it's some of the bigger names that are now on her phone. Partly, I think um, she even mentioned it's due to her age as well. She's getting a lot of love and support from other artists that are yeah. worried that the meteoric rise gonna, is going to burn. Yeah, out. and that so people are going to cheer up. Yeah, and they're, they're trying to they're, make sure that yeah. they look after her, which yeah. I think I like that. Yeah, I think brilliant. that's cool. People have gone to protect her. Yeah, the Avengers. 
<laughs> Avengers and the music a, Avengers. There's a history now that if you have got a really good talent and you blow up like that, yeah, there, there seems to be a history of these artists that do go off the rails and yeah. people always oh, yeah. have a go at the manager or the labels. Yeah, and so now, surely, the parents. Yeah, yeah, but, well, yeah. But surely now the the labels and the managers and stuff do have to have wellness and well-being about an artist. Yeah sort of as part of you their, hope their so. average thing you, well, you're going to sit so. in an office like I do during the day I get like regular health checks and things like that just to sit in an office like why are artists not yeah, having I need to do some that shit for myself uh, charity now isn't there the yeah. one that is designed just purely for touring musicians right. um, to make sure because you know it, it's a strange thing that people get a misconception of like well you put yourself into this environment surely it's you should hard. But touring they, is hard exactly yeah. and it, there, there is if you don't support the people that you go and watch and expect to lift your spirits, we're going to lose the arts. We're going to yeah. lose the ability to get through. Because, I mean, I was talking to one of your bands, actually, um, uh, Hollow Our Home, about the fact that the serious parts of their lives, the serious emotions that they go through, is taken out on the writing, the yes. actual content of the songs, which allows them as people to be a lot happier, a lot more chilled, a lot more relaxed, um, sort of in their day-to-day lives yeah. because they've put the emotion somewhere. Yeah, and, and if we God take that away from people, it. it's incredible. Because I, like, I, I had a weird thing the other day. I've uh, done a mental health blog more than once myself. Um, and I'm not doing it at the moment, but I saw this post which was designed just to take away the taboo about counselling and um, okay, having a therapist. Yeah. Um, and because I'm really upfront about my mental health, I just put online, I actually, it's one of the best moves I ever made. I get regularly counselled by somebody. Um, because it helped and like I was getting messages from people just going wait but you seem like super confident yeah. and like super in charge of your life I'm like no I'm just a really good social media manager yeah. and I know how to brand myself well, well, that, well that's the thing isn't it with, with social media it's like you're just putting out what you want people to see yeah you know and there's you know you look through scroll through Instagram and it's just like this you know picture perfect life of like, oh, everything's fucking rad, and look how cool I am, and look at look at oh. where who I'm hanging out with, and the what demand have you. on that is you know, crazy. But you know, we're all guilty of it. You know, we're all guilty of and yeah, for sure, yeah. And you know, I mean, I was reading about it today that Instagram are considering taking away the likes. That's a good idea. Um, because it's people are just obsessing over obsessing it. over like how many likes a picture's getting. It'll be the death of Instagram, but Facebook own it. You know, yeah. it'll, they'll just move on to It'll another app. To but yeah. I've been on Instagram since like the like the week it launched. I was um, within the first year. Yeah, because yeah. um, a photographer that I know uh, got chosen as one of their sort of uh, what do you call it um, influencers. influencers, I guess <laughs> they weren't called influencers then. That's for sure. He's like, God, oh, check this out. He's like, it's going to be like Twitter, but just with pictures. I was like, yes, I love pictures. I look, I will look at pictures all day long. So I got on it, and then you know, but it was that whole thing like what was the first picture you posted on Instagram yeah. I was like oh fuck and I had to scroll I, was, I swear to god I was scrolling for about half an hour and um, it was a picture of my dog my first dog mine was a um, I believe a derelict building um, yeah. I was on the Mike James Rock Show one for the radio show. It was a can of Coke. Yep. Was it? Yeah, cut into black and white because it was edgy. <laughs> oh, I, I had got MJ, my dog. I'd got him an Instagram so account. Oh, he's the best. He had an Instagram account before I even picked him up. Amazing. Because I, was, because I was like, I want to do some good stuff with him. And I, I know he's going to be like the love of my life. 
and I want to do cool stuff for the Fox Foundation, like team, yeah. you know, Team Fox, Michael J. Fox's foundation for yeah, yeah. Um, for Parkinson's research. So we do like charity walks and what have you. Um, but you know, the fact that I, you know, the dog had a fucking Instagram account before it. He was like four weeks old. This is yeah. a dog, you yeah. know. And and I and even now, like I'll, I'll wake up in the morning, and the first thing I do is I pick up my phone. Check it. And I'm checking Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and 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 and, Snapchat and, and you know oh, and then you're and like cool all right it's been like an hour and twenty minutes and I'm not even out of bed yet and I've just been spending that time looking at fucking bullshit yeah. it really is like or like your own validation I find sometimes yeah. like you know? the likes thing um, gets sure me sure it makes you feel good. And you're like, ooh, that one got likes. But then you're like, you're obsessed about it. Well, it's when you like, get a good why, post why, and then a bad no. post. It's the bad yeah. post that you think about more. We're like, well, wasn't the picture good enough? Of course. And wasn't I funny enough? And funny enough, it's the same thing with press. Yeah. Where you will send a record out for a review and, or a, a show or whatever. And the bands don't focus on anything but the negative shit. Yeah. I was like, how about those 50 reviews that were amazing? Yeah. And you're hyper-focusing on one that was like, oh, this is a piece of shit. I was like, because someone was lazy and couldn't be bothered to listen to the record. Because you always remember the bad press. Yeah. Always. Yeah. You know, and, and that's something I try and get across to the bands too, is like, you know, don't focus on the negatives. Same thing with the trolls on the internet. Like, you know, you, you've got, you know, 8,000 comments on a video and three of them are nasty and that's all you're thinking about. I was like, right, now... No, now shut the fuck up and go and look at those great comments and at all those hundreds and thousands of people who are loving what you're doing yeah. and Mike, get over it. You know? Mike banned me from YouTube. I was yeah. not allowed for about a year oh. to read comments. Oh, I can't. Because I tried adapting my interview style. Oh, really? um, oh I, I, I got picked up on how much I stammer, um, the weird questions I ask, and what it actually created eventually was me not caring about my interview style at right. all is I was going to get comments bad or good whatever that's I did jealousy all that's it is it. when people post negative stuff on the internet yeah. it's jealousy because they and want I, to be doing it yeah and it's like well you know if you think you could do better why don't you pick up a fucking microphone sorry I'm really swearing a lot sorry <laughs> Sally's been a bad influence um, you know you pick up a microphone and you do it like yeah. why do you have to like push Tear some down, negativity yeah. on someone who's doing something cool like well, just because yeah, what is it going to give you some validation that yeah. like you know especially when we don't get any money yeah yeah yeah. it's like well then then bugger off and go and listen to something else then if you don't like it you know one thing I, I was going to pick up um, do you I know some PRs and publicists do this but do you look after the social media for some of your no. some of your bands they all look after their own yeah. or they have someone do it yeah or they have a social media content manager or whatever you know we do our own obviously like, yeah you yeah. know but but that's it, you know. and you we and we all have logins for the public city one, so we'll all post stuff. So yeah, so some Taylor. of your up and coming bands. In, yeah. do, you, do you train them or do you, do you guide, um, give them guidance? Is there? I kind of yeah, more guidance, um, you know, and just I mean, but there's like there's people who who are like you know trained in this shit now. Oh, like yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. this is the best time of day to post something, and you know if you post at this time, it'll be this time East Coast. You know, you know, and you're like, wow, it's it's that deep now. Okay, I'm like, I just want to put a yeah. picture on the internet, but with algorithms and things changing as yeah. they are, like, it, you know, it, there isn't a science to it. So, Apart um, from hold on and try and keep up because uh, 
we uh, have a local station that we're directors of. Um, right. That is where we film and everything. And Mike is the event and content curator. I am the social media manager. Um, and we have to be so wary of what we're doing um, just to make sure that our practices aren't out of date. Yeah. Um, we're doing the right thing. Um, as it happens, doing it for something that wasn't the rock show helped us a lot to get more comfortable with the rock show stuff. Yeah. Because it was finally doing it without having to do from start to finish our own content, our own posting strategy, our own publicity, essentially. Yeah, well, yeah. We were just branding up this really quirky station, which is entirely genreless. Um, and it's made our posting better, but you really have to check yourself like I'm not allowed to copy and paste so I spend two hours a day writing out a day's worth of tweets so that it beats the algorithm (laughs) (laughs) I haven't got time for that I just you know we just kind of post as we go like I mean we could do more social media stuff if we wanted to but like the other day I was like let's get our numbers I was like I want to hit the 2k on our followers on on Instagram just the company one you know So I was like, all right, I'm going to give something away. And I just was trawling through my desk. I was like, I found some old Deftones picks. I was like, all right, if you want these, you know, like, subscribe, share, all that bullshit. Um, I was like, you know, like our page, tag a bunch of your friends, to, you know, and then we'll put all your names in a hat and we'll we'll pick three people, yeah. you know, which I actually need to do this week and still get them out. But yeah, but now, you know, we're over the thing. And then, but I want to... You want to keep those people following you, so it's good to post interesting things. And like, obviously, like with my stuff, and certainly with my personal account, you know, Deftones follow me. Other bands follow me, obviously, you know, as well. But but they follow me, and I guess like I have a lot of Deftones fans that follow my page. Um, so anytime I post anything to do with those boys, like it's you know, there's a spike in yeah. activity, yeah. you know. But then, as soon as I've done that, I'll try and post something to do with work so I can get people to go over and follow the Public City account. But so hey, if you want more of this behind-the-scenes stuff, just go over here. We do we do fun stuff on the yeah. PC page. and you know, Ours is funnies. Um, we've got to post funny memes to get people to pay attention to our internet. Right. Um, because that's what... I just got to post a picture of Chino with my dog and then it's just like a thousand yeah. likes. I think, it, I think there was one... I think it was Winston and Winston from Parkway and Chino from Deftones. I took a picture of the two of them at Gros Rock because they were both picture. they were both headlining like you know alternate nights. Um, I was like, boys, just get together and let me take a picture of you. <laughs> yeah. They're like, all right, they just met, and then I posted that, and like the world went nuts. Yeah, it's crazy, and you know, suddenly people are looking for your account, and yeah, oh, it just goes crazy. Yeah. It's getting really dark yeah. in here. It is. I was going to say, like, we've, we've been chatting non-stop for almost an hour. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. It's blah, 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 blah. That's the good point yeah. with, with podcasts. Yeah. It gives us the opportunity to be able to get out and yeah. have more in-depth conversations. But before yeah. we do wrap it up, uh, yeah. you are one-third of a very popular podcast yourself. <laughs> right, give a, yourself a plug. Yeah, give Straight out plug. of popcorn. I'm, a, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm obsessed with your podcast. It's, you've probably seen on my uh, Instagram myself. I'm oh, we love it. We love it when you send us questions. Challenging questions. Oh, yeah. Like we, uh, my last question that got read out was uh, it was just before Easter so it was, like, it was, awesome. it was uh, which biblical or God or yeah biblical film uh, is the best one Cause there's so many and it was Easter and all that kind yeah. of thing because uh, I chose Dogma by uh, Kevin yeah Holmes. Matt liked that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like the Passion of the Christ was mentioned and I was just like yeah I got my question right <laughs> out <laughs> oh it's just the three of us sticking around really but Matt you know we're, we're such movie 
like aficionados like Matt and I Um, yeah and that's like our favourite thing to do and we we go to the cinema like three or four times a week if we can and you know we've got Cineworld cards and it's the best thing if you like movies it's the best investment ever it's like 18 quid a month see as many films as you want I mean sometimes we do we call it the double and we'll go watch a movie go for Nando's and go back and watch another one that's cool. amazing you know like, love it absolutely like, love it that we paid for it in one day you know but you, but also, you also talk about metal on it as well I'm yeah we do yeah. Metal, right? you've even had like, Winston Life yeah, yeah, yeah. Link Up and uh, yeah, yeah. the guy about a few weeks ago the Lords of Chaos film that came out I've forgotten the guy's name Ali Barrett that's yeah. it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah are, are you planning to do more things like that oh yeah oh yeah totally yeah well we had um who else? Uh, Liam from Canterbats. Yep, he nice. came on and did one, yeah, and then we had, uh, we, had, we, had, uh, we had him in Exeter three days after he'd recorded right. it. Yours, yeah, so yeah, I could yeah. talk to him about the podcast. Yeah, oh, I yeah, amazing. Yeah, no, that was fun, and um, we had a pizza party and hung out. It was good. Um, yeah, but with Winston, we did um, a star, uh, Last Jedi. Yeah. Uh, spoiler special because um, we all fucking hated that film so much okay, and we, one. we tore it to shreds like it, but it was super fun so we just had him on um, on FaceTime yeah. um, and we just you know recorded the conversations and edited them together And uh, but yeah he wants to do another one so I'm sure we'll maybe next uh Maybe the next um, well, Star Wars film will do that. But yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know. Greg uh, Pachado wants to come and oh, do cool. it, and um, oh god, there's like you know, all, you know, all my buds, you yeah, know, all my yeah. friends. Chino wants to come on. Um, uh, get Caleb Robert from Bear Tooth. Now. Pardon? Um, get Ro- uh, Robert Downey Jr. now to come on and uh, do one with you. Oh man, you know what? I met him the other night. <sighs> so cool. I went to the Good Charlotte show. Oh, and, okay. Uh, Oh, the his, Ali Pali, yeah, his son's band, his son's so, band yeah. yeah. And someone told me he was going to be there. I was like, oh, cool, maybe I'll catch a glimpse. So I went into the room, Benj and Joel were in there chatting to a few people, and I just kind of stood out on the outside because we had to do press, and I'm like, tick-tock, tick-tock, come <laughs> on, we've got, to, we've got to do these interviews. And I couldn't see his face because I just see the back of his head. And then uh, Benj was like, Em, how are you doing? And, like, came over, gave me a big hug, and, and, uh, and Joel as well. And then... Um, I kind of like turned and he was there and he's like he's like hey how you doing I was like hi I was like I'm Em I'm their publicist and I was like you know nice to meet you and he's like oh a pleasure and like shook my hand and I was like oh shit and Matt and I had just been watching all the Marvel like <laughs> so we'd done the MCU 22 you know yeah. so and we'd started it before Christmas so I'd basically had Tony Stark in my house like every day nice. so it was like it was like nice. it was commonplace to see his face if you know what I mean and uh I was like, oh, fuck, that's cool. You know, and I was standing there, like, trying not to, like, you know, because I don't get starstruck ever. Like, and I mean, you know, from Madonna to Eric Clapton to, you know, whoever. But the only two times I've ever felt like that was Christopher Lee at the Metal Hammer Awards, where I was just like, I wanted to do the Wayne's World, like, fucking (laughs) drop to my knees. I'm not worthy. And uh, an RDJ. I was like, oh, shit. And then... You know, he left and Benji was going to do an interview. And I was like, that was fucking cool. He's like, what, Robert? And I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> you know, I'm and he's married to, to Cameron Diaz. So, you know. Because I need to pee so bad. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to run. You're going to pee this is, a, this is a theme now for our interview. Oh, you're, you're like Harris. Harris has to go and pee too. You're like the Harris of this podcast. Oh, I will wrap it up. Except, <laughs> unlike Harris, Dan doesn't swear as much. <laughs> <laughs> True. Did he just nearly stack it? I don't know he's run so fast up there. <laughs> <laughs> no. But yeah, we'll wrap it up. Thanks for taking some time out, Emma. You're totally 
awesome. Kind of... It was uh, yeah, it's cool just to get an insight, and hopefully people will be able to get some knowledge from your wealth of experience. Yeah, of course. Cool. I mean, I know we didn't really get into sort of like the you know help, yeah, little guidance things for bands or whatever but it's just you know if anyone wants to drop us a line yeah. if they if they just want to ask a few questions or whatever then you know it's by all means useful just to, yeah, to have like almost like a bible of what PRs and pe- people want before they'll sign a band yeah kind of I mean well I mean just just quickly to kind of round up on that it, that is a really hard question to answer because every band is different yeah and every campaign is different um, and I think that you need to be at a certain place in your career before you start taking on publicists. There's a lot of like really young bands that think that they need a PR and, you know, spend all this money and they're putting out one single. And I'm like, wait, just, you know, do a bit of graft. Someone who's a bit more social media savvy, you can get that song out a bit further. Exactly. And then just a little bit further down the line, then you, then when the time's right, you know, and and there'd be bands that I've, I've told it's not right. You're not ready yet. Yeah, as it's too early. And in the know? long run, you're saving them money. To exactly. Save up a few more months or get themselves ready for a bigger campaign that's going to cost a little bit more, yeah. and they'll be able to do that. Exactly. And and then when it goes to like choosing the right PR for you, it's who you get on with. Yes. Like look at someone's roster. Look at the previous work that they've done. Um, you know, I don't think it's wise to go with someone that says. I'm going to get you in Kerrang. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get you a feature in The Guardian. I'm going to get you this. I'm like, we all want to get that for all of our bands. Of course, yeah. But it's not always realistic. So you, And that's the one thing with PR is that you can't guarantee someone that you're going to get them X, no. Y, and Z. You can do your very best to get it. If the magazine don't bite, you know, you can push yeah. it as much as you can, but you also don't want to get to the point where they're telling you to fuck off and then that band's name is tainted, like, within, yeah. you know, so... So listen to your publicist, basically, because, you know, we all know what we've been doing and we've yeah, yeah. been doing this, the most good, of us have been doing this for yeah, a long time. They've been doing it for most of their lives. Yeah, you know, and yeah. we're not, you know, we're not stupid. No. You know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so just, you know, listen to your publicist is, is what I'll say to all the bands, big and small. You know, if we tell you not to do something, it's for a reason. That's it, and your publicist will and... probably stay with you for your entire career if you're successful enough. Yeah, I mean, they if work it all for you works you work out, yeah. yes, you will. Like, there's some bands that, you know, like Deftones, I've been with them for... 20 well, it must be white pony at least then. yeah well yeah, yeah 23 years so well, before that around yeah. the fur um, before around the fur even wow Shit, you know Adrenaline so had just come out and when then, they were playing pub circuits then. yeah or the, the club circuits yeah smaller yeah. Yeah, yeah but um, you know and they trust me and I won't get them to do anything that I know that they won't be comfortable doing yeah so, that's it you build yeah. up a rapport and, exactly and there's some bands you know that you can stick them in front of 50 people <clears throat> he's back he's back we were He's literally just coming to get up. you, Barbara. I'm sorry, Barbara. <laughs> That's all right. Um, we're just we're just kind of just wrapping up on a little bit, dropping some dropping some science, some, some knowledge, some knowledge yeah. on what, yeah. what PRs need and bands need to be doing at a certain level before ah. PRs should really be looking at them as well, kind of thing. So a tick list of when you should approach a PR. Yeah, that's what yeah. We, we were literally just saying. Like, a bible would be useful, a guide of some an idiot's guide type thing. But each band in each case is completely different. So yeah. Like, like Emma was saying yeah. earlier, you might want to do a, a three-month campaign on an album release, or you know, be with uh, your PR for forever and ever, or however long a cycle yeah. is, kind of thing. But you yeah. know, some people chop and change. I, you know, some people decide they want some fresh eyes on it, and you know, on a band, and they've been with someone for a long time, and then you know, it's not working, or they're not getting the results they want, and they change the team. And you know, and that sucks when that happens. This yeah. happened to me a few times yeah. where I've worked really hard on a project, and you know, or 
or like it goes in house at a major label and there's nothing that you yeah. could do and they take it back in house and because they won't pay PR costs out of house and and it's sadly it's just like the name of the game and it sucks like when you lose a band it's horrible and it's upsetting and when that band also you know, splits up afterwards because we've seen that yeah. happen where they lost their PR it went in house mm. nothing happened and yeah. then they split up before the next album you're like Oh, yeah, no. you know, or you know, you see a band that you've worked with for a long time, and you and you're like up here, and then they change everything, and it all goes to shit, and you're like, what have you done? Yeah. You know, yeah. and that happens. And that happens goes. too, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, it is a crazy world we're in at the it moment. It is. And hopefully, whirlwind. the real life podcasts will be able to deweave some of the uh, craziness that's going on at the moment. The more people that understand, um, the better I think it will be for yeah. a general thing because yeah. completely agree well everybody knows how to use social media now so in many ways it's gained its impact and lost it overall yeah. Yeah. there's also yeah. two words realistic expectations yeah. yes <laughs> so don't expect a PR to become your content creator your manager your tour booker um, yeah. and your mum your mum <laughs> 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 hollow call me mum which is hilarious I'm like, I'm like I'd rather be your call aunt thanks yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, um, have an idea, I imagine, as well, of what you're looking to achieve with your album cycle. It's all good creating the music, but yeah. you know, uh, some bands are limited to how much they can tour, so they may want yes. to have more of an online presence. Um, you know, we've had uh, some quite interesting bands that were purely uh, like split around the world bedroom music, where they they put it together and only actually played one show. So slice the cake. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But their PR worked because they just wanted somebody that would get it into the right riff magazines and the right um, online stuff yeah so they paid for a very catered for campaign yeah totally achieved what they wanted to achieve yeah but it's because one of the guys in slice of cake had been in a much different band and knew what to expect yeah um so on that note um they you know always take a workshop that somebody like yourselves have hosted over the years because we've been along to quite a few and we yeah we've run workshops ourselves yeah, yeah. so if you're unsure um there I is keep getting asked to do those i really should yeah do it they're, they're i feel like i ramble too much though that's all right well, that's, that's, what, that's, what our, that's what our podcast is for is, is to help yeah. you with the education and then you know yeah. we might it, the podcast might evolve into well, we've some sort of work classes on uh, press packs for bands yeah. um, just oh, entirely what? one podcast entirely on how to do a press pack oh yeah for unsigned bands yeah. yeah we we get sent a YouTube link. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's great. Where's your your high res photo, your low yeah. res photo, like, your PNG of bio, your logo, press release. Yeah. Where's yeah. the tune? Is it labelled yeah. correctly? Yeah. It's like, for us as a radio show, I get sent anywhere between sixty to one hundred and twenty singles and albums a week for yeah. a two-hour show. In that two-hour show, you've got a we've got a 10-15 minute interview with an artist yeah. plus a track by them. So that's twenty minutes out of your show. Yeah. Plus probably about 20 minutes worth of links between all of them. So realistically, you've only got about an hour and 10 minutes worth of new yeah. music to be able to play in a two-hour radio show. So, so give us everything yeah, that we need yeah, because yeah. you're more likely to get played if yeah. you don't have to If you don't have to chase you. It's the same thing with press, though. Yeah. Like when we send out something to you guys, like we want you to have everything that you've, you know, that you've got. And that's, and that's like a pet peeve. I know we were supposed to be rounding this up, but... Um, <laughs> a pet peeve of mine is like when I take on a, an artist I'm like right I need the assets so I need the press shots I need the album artwork I need the lyrics I need a bio like I need stuff that I can create press releases from 
if you've got a video I need that and if you don't have a video when is it coming like can we like get you know I don't need your video three fucking weeks after the record's out I need it before yeah, like yeah. so let's you know don't drop a video without telling me you know because yeah. bands do that too and that's it's amazing yeah. like uh, with the local one I was telling you about working with is uh, they didn't realise that the cover song that they um, were making oh. a video for was something that they could serve up and get out there because they were like a electronic um, metalcore band and they covered Killswitch and gave it the electronic treatment it was on the right. Kerrang album cover wasn't it yeah because um, once the they realised that their PR could oh, do okay. something with it yeah. they're like oh what we're doing next and she's saying you've dropped it on me a week before yeah. you plan to um, do something with it but fortunately they delayed the release it got picked up and then was in um, Ekrang must hear covers yeah um, and stuff like that and Metal Hammer Oh, was it? I can't remember. It was so long ago. Yeah. Well, anyway, we're uh, rambling now. Yeah, we're and we're, we're getting back into <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We're boring you now. We'll do part two, um, and just more pet peeves. And uh, maybe we'll get Harris on as well, because Harris, because Harris is a young buck, really. Yeah, that 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 would be an X-rated show. Yeah, no, with we'll Harris, just get yeah, a bleep machine. Bleep, bleep, yeah. bleep, bleep, bleep. Yeah, it would be really funny if we just. I said to him the other day, I was like, I might start fining you. <laughs> but, him, nah. but he's like, I'm from Essex. Can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> That's like us saying tractor after everything. Oh, be where you drive. Saying what? Tractor. tractor. Yeah. yeah. Tracker. Tracker. <laughs> or just going into a Devon accent because it's really easy just to slip yeah. back in there and you know wonder what's going on. <laughs> our, our American <laughs> listenership love it when we go full rural from the West Country oh, really? and go proper and yeah. Or when I just do weird voices on the radio show. We, we are rambling. We should wrap this up. Yeah. Yeah. We it's can ramble. Lovely. We can ramble off. Off mic. Yes. yes. So uh, is that us done? I think so. Done. Thanks very much, Emma, for joining us. It Thank was the uh, second wrap up I'll do, but this time you're here. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. so, so thanks again, Emma. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks. Yeah, bye. Yeah, we'll be, I'm, sure, I'm sure we'll be catching up with you at various festivals and gigs throughout the rest of the year. Yeah, so, uh, there's a lot coming, isn't there? There is indeed. So, yeah. it's, it's going to be an active and fun filled summer, I think, this year. It yeah. is indeed, sir. Cool. Thank you very much. All right. Cheers. Real life rock stars podcast. Boom. There you go. Just wow. I'm still listening back again. Um, still, just that was such a fun conversation to be having. Um, Emma's a very busy lady, and she said, <laughs> "We're like, is it possible we can get maybe twenty, twenty-five minutes with you? Just uh, twenty minutes. Yeah. All right. Emma, no twenty problem. minutes is fine. We can we can pad around that on, on a podcast. No problem." That was like about an hour and 20 minutes of <laughs> us rambling. Sure, um, including an impromptu uh, toilet break from myself where I literally had to sprint to the toilet. <laughs> but you made it back for a second close, so it's okay. Yeah. Uh, so thanks, Emma. That was honestly, awesome. fantastic. And some of the things I first we said before uh, the interview is that she worked with Deftones for a while. I noted that um, 23 years. 23 years. And it's what we say to people about the whole going to see, uh, you don't know what, um, you know, sort of toilet circuit band is going to be the next big thing, but you also don't know um, a relationship that you start at the beginning of your career. Yeah, somebody like Deftones has kept Emma for their entire Pretty. career. Yeah, that's the thing, and that that brings us on to some really interesting points um, that were raised, and I want to bring a bit of clarity to as well. Is firstly, informal conversations with PRs are actually welcomed yeah, and encouraged. Yeah, yeah. Like, look at your PRs, do your research, look at the bands that are on their rosters, is what we're talking about with research. Because, yeah, we've got we've got contacts with PRs that are really diverse, that only deal with, say, 
black metal bands or tech metal bands. oh yeah or tech metal bands and then there are the ones that are only deal with bands from like southern america or australasia so yeah. we, we get a lot of global people but yeah they're very niche so yeah really do your homework on prs and if you need if you're looking if you think you're in the position that you need to start looking at prs hit us up because we know them all. Um, <laughs> I'm not bragging, but we've been a radio show for almost 12 years and we've dealt in some way or other with all the majors, all the... All the independents. All the, all the independents, uh, all the ones that have come and gone, gone, come back again. All, all or, progressed. So all yeah. the people like Emma that started with one company and then ended up in another... Running her own. And, and oh, yeah. I mean, seriously, just let's just take a second to the fact that this is, and this is what we're trying to say to people. This is the, the amazing thing that comes out from conversations like this. This is the woman that believed in Lincoln Park. <laughs> Lincoln Park. So, some people. of you who are listening will probably go like, oh, so that's used to play. But for us, it's just like, oh, oh we are we're not worthy. Not worthy. Um, <laughs> and that's the, that's the thing is you don't, um, and they, the year before, uh, we watched um, Emma get very sort of, um, very forthright with a band that wasn't behaving at um, the previous year's uh, festival. And understandably oh, yeah. so. Um, and I just love the fact that we managed to touch on it with her is that we, we, yeah, we, we have prided ourselves on trying to be community, not competition. It's a big part of our show, big part of our ethos as presenters, workers, part of the industry, blah, blah, blah. And it's just really nice to know that we're not the only people out there that are priding ourselves on this. Mm. Um, yes, there are money men in the industry that make certain things happen. Yes, there are people there trying to get... will be, and has to be. But that doesn't mean that there isn't people out there. And that, like, one of the things that she uh, said is she'll get to know you. This this is very, very reminiscent of PRs. PRs get to know you. They get to understand what you are. So. You build up a rapport yeah. and then, you know, a friendship. Because a lot of the times you're spending every weekend with them in a festival, which could be, you know, knee-deep in sludgy mud to yeah. Disastrously baking, sunburning, hot, and you know every weekend with the same people. It's 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 work, isn't it? Yeah. You got to get on with your work colleagues. And like again, know know your product. Know oh, know yeah. what you're doing. Um, not necessarily like we're not saying know what you're doing, as in what the um, your game plan is. But you know, are you a uh, pop punky uh, band? Are you a makeup band? Are you a black metal corpse paint band? Know your identity, but be open to suggestion. Be open to um, where you can take that particular thing. But know yourselves as well. Are you a social media heavy band? Like, do you like to talk online? Mm. Are you funny? Like, it's all of these sorts of things. That's what a PR really wants to hear from you. And that's why we say have an informal conversation at least six months before you plan to release anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, you but, understand what your like unique selling point is as yeah. well, don't you? Like, Not yeah, the music, unique, but yeah, just but... Yes, what your selling points are. I mean, I think that that. That is actually very important, is a lot of the time you don't need a, a unique one. You just need your selling points. Where are you strongest? Because we've, we've recently just done a, another podcast interview that's going to come out in the autumn with a, a PR that looks after um, a band that are ident- you can't identify them. Yeah. That's the be- easiest way of saying them. You yeah. can't identify the members of the band. They're shrouded in secrecy. Mm-hmm. Um, you can work, if you want to work out who that is, you can do that podcast is coming out in the autumn yeah but they, they were yeah it's they were suggest how they were saying how things like that can benefit as well as be a hindrance and exactly when you when you those kind of challenges are really hard for PR so the more you can give them and the more notice you can give them the better yeah and uh, one thing which um, I'm loving coming out of this because this is um, again a pet peeve 
that's so reminiscent around the um, press areas is talk to your PR. Mm. Your ideas are cool. Your launches are cool. If you're doing playthroughs, if you're doing funnies, if you're doing covers, if you have any content whatsoever, <laughs> let your PR know what you're doing. Give them a game plan. Give them a schedule. Give them a phone call. Organise a phone call. They'll write notes. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, Even if you're getting a guest vocalist up at a gig, that, yeah. you know, uh, that you might think it's just you getting a mate from another band up for a gig. A PR would look at that and go, is that other singer worthy of it you know what's going to happen you know there could be people with their phones out there filming it it's a special occasion type thing and it goes viral the PR needs to know that you've done that kind of thing yeah. just so they can manage it on the off chance that a million people see you you know you and your band with your best mate coming on as vocals kind of thing it, all cards are off on the, on the table really when things like that happen it's especially with the fact that like, come on we're in the internet days now there's, yeah, a, yeah. there's a page feed for everything mm-hmm. um, and so like I don't know um, like we, we got reblogged on the show for a little bit because I love responding to Instagram spammers that don't look at our account and uh, sort of say yeah, check out your MR profile because they're doing it off a hashtag and like, I love responding to them because that's part of our thing is we, we like being funny as a show like we had to talk for you know, long periods of time, and hopefully we are. But <laughs> we are as funny as we think we are, at least close. Um, but you never know what content is going to be good content for a PR to work with. Because again, you're you're paying for a campaign. Yeah, give you're, them everything. Yeah, you're not paying for them to just work the album. You're paying for them to work you as a band to make your album successful. There's a distinct difference there to just paying and serve up your album. And think of it as you know. Say you do a three-month campaign with somebody, which, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, is um, the you know minimum amount of time you need to give a PR for any sort of release. We're going to go into more detail about this in the aforementioned autumn podcast that Mike mentioned. Um, but with the band of mystery, band of mystery. <laughs> um, we should save it for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> but minimum three months. This is coming out in various different conversations. Um, even to a PR converse, like workshop we did four or five years ago. Three months is your minimum. There are reasons behind the scenes why. You know, don't drop stuff on your PR. Let them be as geeky as you are about your album, yo. Like, yeah. just get people involved. But the important thing is do not be scared, even of somebody of Emma's level, even if, you know, you're looking at that going, this woman served up um, Linkin Park <laughs> um, and around the like, fur is still with Deftones she even Mastodon. said it, yeah she even said at the end of that one informal conversations are brilliant and I'll, I'll put my two pennies worth in as uh, um, you know dealing with uh, the issue myself of sometimes being a little bit arrogant because I can come across quite arrogant I have to be a confident voicey person and do interviews but if you're confident but humble in your conversations with people so you know you've got something decent we know we like our show we've got a listenership uh, but if you're a band that you know you're writing quite a good EP, you know your stage presence goes down well, but you're wondering how to take yourself from local to national, don't be entitled. Yeah. Don't don't think that you deserve anything. Go and have conversations with people. They'll tell you what you can achieve within the next year on your next album launch. They'll also guide you towards the next five years of things going on. I'm not saying that that's the way things are going to go, but these people are there to be able to help you on this. Yeah. Um, it's, and, not, it's not as... Minefield as that everyone thinks it is nowadays. Like, be communicative, yeah. like, um, and don't worry about doing it in a 2019 way. Send messages, send emails, and um, that is now like the standard. You don't need to call Public City PR and try and talk to somebody in the office. 
But equally, go to a little bit of I effort. Imagine if Harris picked up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> but also go to a little bit of effort for people as well. Like if you want to get noticed as a band, uh, you know, down to brass tacks here. This is what we said about advice. Down to brass tacks. Put in the effort. Research hmm? who you're getting into, because I can tell you for damn sure. And we don't, uh, you know, we don't strictly um, ever say much about this side of things for ourselves. But me and Mike know. When you compliment our radio show and tell us that you've been listening to it for, you know, X amount of time, we know whether you have or not. This is just understood. We can tell when it's fake. So <laughs> yeah. be real. Go, I've heard about um, your NPR, excellent um, such, put me on to you. Um, you know, be humble and don't, like, do your research. Find out who they're about. There's no point you, um, if you're a metalcore band approaching a black metal PR company. Anything if they like approach that. you, that's a different matter. They could be wanting to expand. But exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're if you're sending out your emails, bands of all sizes, like even if you're looking to switch PRs because your campaigns are coming to an end with uh, somebody you want to have a um, a look elsewhere, it doesn't matter whether you're signed or unsigned. You can always um, decide your publicist again, but have a respectful, lovely conversation. That's all it takes. And don't send YouTube links saying, "Listen to my band." You know, that PRs is the business side of the industry. Talk to them like they're a business. Ask if they'd be interested in looking into your product, which is you and your band, and have a, a conversation from there. And be nice. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with being nice. It's got us where we are. Exactly. We're the lovely guys from Devon, because being nice Don't even swear awesome. on a podcast. <laughs> I've managed one fuck, so... Two fucks! Three fucks! Oh, it's on and on! Um, <laughs> that would spiral. <laughs> Perhaps we should go and uh, wash our mouths out. Oh, I'm going to get cleansed by the FM gods uh, <laughs> after this. But no, seriously, that that it's it's stuff which has never been something that we've been able to say on air. We don't have enough time. The conversation doesn't lead to that point naturally. But this is the conversations that happen behind the scenes that we wanted to package up and bring to you. Even if, even if it's just in our roundup and uh, doing everything like that. If you got to this point, it means that you give a shit about your product. You give a shit about making it. Yeah, that yeah. is okay. This is how... You can uh, get a little bit of a head start, maybe a little bit of a leg up on get, making that happen. Hmm? So, uh, is that us done? Are we at the end of the podcast? I guess... I think we're quite close. I guess we've pretty much just got to tell people where where to listen. Um, ACAS, Spotify, SoundCloud and iTunes. Uh, for listening, we um, launch on the Mike James Rock Show social media, which is just use your search box for, for Mike James Rock Show. And we are most certainly fueled by Fireball, if you were listening earlier. We are. Should we tell listeners who's going to be on the next episode? Uh, I think you should, sir. Go for it. Uh, for the past couple of years, I've sat on the judging panel. This year, Dan joined me as well mm. on the uh, um, Heavy Music Awards. And, um, well, we bagged the, the two head honchos for a conversation about uh, everything from... Why? How? Yeah, how it all came to fruition to acts that have played it and yeah, just everything. Heavy music awards, basically. We we break down some serious uh, walls on this. This this was really fun to get into because you know I met um, Andy. Andy the, last year when yeah. we were watching Avenged Sevenfold yeah. their download, we were literally. They were on, they were the soundtrack to us meeting and having about an hour and a half conversation. And oh yes, and then the love has just grown over last year. And um, you know, so little download press area story. We actually ended up um, giving the guys uh, from the HMA's use of our booth. That yeah, we, had. we sort of teamed up, didn't we? Uh, teamed up a little cool. bit because honestly, what they do and the reasons that they do it. Um, 
confirmed, clarified, and gone through on the, the next episode of this podcast. It's just amazing. This this is an exciting thing that is happening um, with these guys. Yeah, there's Andy and uh, Dave as well. Mm. Uh, and Dave used to be Andy Coppins' right-hand man booking the acts for downloading. He gets into like, what he used to do like, on that side of things really deep. I didn't even have any idea. But but then after that, he went on to work for um, WWE Wrestling. Yeah. And so they've a... got pedigree as well. And uh, now they're running the Heavy Music Awards. And That's why Heavy Music Awards can hit with some clobber that's why this year when they um, launched one of uh, one of the many things that they were launching is triple h of the wwe and well, he, he owns it. he owns the nxt doesn't he uh, i think vince mcmahon still owns everything um, ever in the name of wrestling but um triple h runs it he's like the ceo um of nxt nxt has come to download for the last couple of years and of course, me well, being a tour a, in the UK. Yeah, me being a, a semi wrestling fan, have managed to get me a, a few selfies and a few championship belts dra- um, draped over my shoulders at times. That's um, pretty cool. Well, we'll get into all of that on the next podcast. Completely. Um, we're just giving you a heads up in a couple of weeks' time, I guess that will be. We have a yeah. festival before the next one's due. Well, I don't think we do, do I we? don't think we're going to. No, we'll probably be heading into um, the next one, uh, which. Boomtown, shout out, right? Yeah, shout out to Boomtown. Um, if you have a chance Eric to go Records. there. Records. Get to Boomtown. It doesn't, honestly, even if you're thinking, well, I don't really want to do another rock festival, Boomtown is where you want to go. There is a dedicated rock stage and metal stage. There is a dedicated ska stage. But then the rest of music as a genre exists at Boomtown if you're (laughs) willing to go look for it. stadium drum and bass. It's dirty, grimy, gabber at a thousand beats a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prophets of Rage are playing. This is Lauren Hill's playing. Yeah, um, honestly. That's just going to be not... uh, Better be a good sunset when she's playing, man. Oh, for sure. Because I'll just be like, "Mm, nice. Uh, Streets are playing as well. This is the thing. Boomtown is... And honestly, anybody who's uh, been to Boomtown... You, you you go once, you always want to return. It is such an experience. If you're into doing sort of random tasks, there is an entire storyline across every single Boomtown, including <laughs> this year. Still got Boomtown money. Yeah, uh, from last year. So there, there, there's a whole load of stuff that goes on there. It's like burlesque and people get married there. It's, it's yeah, it's insanely awesome. Mm, so so that's, that's, our, what, that's our next festival. And you might be able to tell we're probably going to do a couple of podcasts um, at uh, Boomtown. We've got some really, really interesting stuff booked. We've cleared through some really, really interesting stuff already. Um, and it's just a case of... Um, we've, got, we've got podcasts booked up, well, recorded now, to take us well into the autumn. And uh, but this was the point of doing our um, launch at this point, was to be able to say to you, we're, we're doing this on-site at festivals to keep the content going into the later part of the year. Um, if not next year, we're, we are getting as many in that we think are relevant for you guys to listen to as possible. Uh, actually, yeah, I've, I've just bagged us a good one for next early next year <laughs> saying so, that literally yeah. today as we record like 10 minutes before we recorded so we are we are working this as much as possible so please 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 join the discussion even if it's just and um, have your questions answered in the sort of bits that we do for each episode or whether we can slot it into a future interview get your questions in now we are at festival press areas yeah for another couple of months asking the questions that you want the answers to Real Life Rockstars Podcast at gmail.com. Boom. There we go. So that's episode two done. Let's go. Let's go and pour some fireball down your throats. And uh... (laughs) more fireball for Dan. Woo!